assassin. Sounds so exotic. <laughs> I was just a murderer. Welcome back to Crew Crime, a true crime podcast with Sav and Mads. And we hope you guys had a great week without us. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I had a great birthday taking the week off. Plus, we oh, had yeah. a phenomenal time recording our Halloween episode. Yes, we did. <gasps> so spooky. We are so excited, guys. Uh, get ready for next week. Yeah, it's going to be the shit. It's Lots of surprises. So. Oh my God. Going to be phenomenal. <laughs> this week, we are talking about killer cults. Yes, we are. God. <sighs> Cults, man. Cults are fucking crazy. Jesus. Almost kind of, you know, shout out to the Mormon church for like introducing me to them young. So that way I feel like I'm not likely to get into one now. Oh, fuck no. But like, who knows? If I hadn't grown up here, I honestly don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm the type of person who could very easily oh, get roped totally. into a cult. But not like any cult, probably just like a Charlie Manson cult. Well, that's like, not a good cult to get Okay, yes, into. but like imagine the pitch. They're like, come to the desert, you can wear pretty dresses and do acid all the time. I would say, hell yeah. I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so that's that. To get just right on into it, I'm going to be telling you guys the first story today, and I'm going to tell you about the Fall River Cult Murders. I'm excited. I've never even heard about this Dude, one. Dude, I've like, never heard all. of it either, and oh, Even while I was researching, I didn't even see. Really? Yeah. I will say I dove deep hell to yeah. find it. Because I didn't want to do, like, Jonestown or... Heaven's Gate. those are good stories. Mm. Good stories. Yeah. Tragic. Did you know Heaven's Gate still has an operational website? Really? Yeah. You can go onto Heaven Gate's website. What's even on there? Fucking bullshit, probably. I don't know. Find out. Heaven's Gate website. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. What? Ooh, it's snazzy. It is snazzy. Honestly, this is is exactly the type of thing that would reel me in. I know. (laughs) Nice (laughs) fonts and graphic design. I see space in that background, all right? Oh, yeah, they would have gotten you good, actually. They would have gotten me good. Yeah. Okay, so the Fall River Cult Murders. We're just going to get directly into it. On October 13th, 1979, a body was found behind the Dimmon Vocational High School in Fall River, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. The body was that of 17-year-old Doreen Levesque. She was working as a sex worker and had been living in a foster home a few cities away, and she had just recently been reported as a runaway. Aw, the so, poor girl. She was in her foster home. She Having a away, rough life. Working the streets. All of a sudden ends up dead behind this high school. Yeah. Quite tragic. When she was found, her wrists were tied with fishing line. She was stabbed multiple times in the head, and evidence showed that she had been sexually tortured. In the head? Mm-hmm, in the head. E. Yeah. No. No. Oh my god. Fuck that. The medical examiner stated that the murder was likely committed by multiple people in a ritualistic fashion. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. It apparently looked like she might have been stoned to death. Like, like they, biblical stoning? Like biblical stoning. <sighs> I can't yeah. believe people came up with the most creative ways to kill other people Here's back the in the day. It takes so much work to throw rocks at people, if you what? ask me personally. Yeah, you gotta have a lot of hatred there. Yeah. You, you gotta be doing it for a reason. Yeah, Jesus I don't know. Christ. Ritualist. Same with, like, maybe. burning at the stake. Like, who thought, <laughs> you know what, fuck this bitch so hard, we're gonna 
burn her at the stake. What the fuck? Yeah, how did people come up with this shit? Who's thinking this up? It doesn't make sense to me. Okay, so a month after finding the body of Doreen Levesque, a man in his 40s named Andy Malchus reported his girlfriend missing, which is like a 20-ish year old girl named Barbara Raposa. Andy Malchus told police that he thought her disappearance had something to do with a devil-worshipping cult who supposedly took orders from Satan himself. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I just burst through my nose and, like, tear gassed myself in the eyes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you see the tears on my face? You your face is, like, your eyes are red. Oh, my God. It's okay. Keep going. Okay? <laughs> yeah. um, Andy Malchus, the guy who came to the police to report his girlfriend missing, mm-hmm. was a convicted pedophile, sexual sadist, and a rapist, but he told police that he converted to Christianity after his girlfriend went missing. Dude, what? Mm-hmm. Right after she went missing? After she went missing. So, he also told police that he and his girlfriend, Barbara Raposa, were members of the satanic cult. So, it's like, after she went missing, he's like, ah, time, time to, to convert. Time to convert, I guess. Yeah, well, um, but, as long as you say as many ha- Hail Marys as you can, right? your soul is what, saved. Ten Hail so. Marys and five something yeah, somethings? I don't even know. Damn. Praise God. We gotta brush up on our fucking religion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do we? No. No. Again, he and Barbara were part of the satanic cult at the time of her disappearance, and he told them that Doreen Levesque, the body that had just been found, was also part of the cult. Jesus. Police were obviously like, okay, like, what the fuck? Andy helps arrange a meeting between police and two other members of the cult, who he knew actually witnessed the murder of Doreen. Holy fuck. Sorry, that was just handsome. (laughs) Chiming in. Handsome on the box. And pipes going crazy. The fuck? Two girls that were part of the cult who witnessed the murder were Karen Marsden, who was 20 years old. Okay. And Robin Murphy, who was 17. The two girls, they were a young lesbian couple. They were involved in the cult and they were prostitutes. So was Doreen Levesque, the girl who, the body that, they, what, the, the, the first body found? Yeah, the okay. first body found. And then also Barbara Raposa, who was that guy's girlfriend, was also a prostitute in this cult. Okay. So if you can't tell already, lots of prostitutes in this cult. I can tell for sure, yeah. Yes. So they explained to police how they initially got involved with Andy Malchus and the cult. Both girls were overall super vague about how they got involved in everything, but it was later revealed that Robin Murphy, the 17-year-old girl, had been being molested by Andy Malchus since <gasps> she was 11. No. Yeah. And is he basically, like, the leader of this, or is he just a member? He's just a member. Shitty members. We'll get to the, to the leader. Yeah. They're in the interrogation about the murder, Robin Murphy and Karen were together. And Robin stayed silent the entire time, but she would occasionally, like, scowl at Karen when she was talking, uh, like, to the police about things. Weird. Karen eventually broke down during this interview and told them that a man named Carl Drew killed Doreen Levesque. Holy fuck. Yeah. They were just witnesses, Karen and Robin. Karen was absolutely repulsed by the murder and wanted to get away from the cold, and she was very stressed about talking to the police and everything happening, while Robin Murphy seemed just very, like, tolerant of everything and almost, like, annoyed, actually, that... Robin was talking to them. Interesting. Yeah. Like, what are you hiding, Robin? Yeah. Oh, definitely hiding some shit. Something. So Carl Drew, the man who was named as the murderer, was already known by police, 
When he was 14 years old, he ran away from his family farm after being forced to wade through rotting carcasses <gasps> of butchered livestock with the task of separating hides and hooves for rendering. Yo. So once he was given that chore, he was like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Yeah, I would leave too. Oh my God, and I if I were the cops, I'd be like, you can stay left. Yeah, you don't have to. You go. can go ahead and go. <laughs> That's horrific. That's child abuse. Not even joking. It doesn't yeah. matter when if you grew 14, up on a farm. Yeah. Yeah. Slaughter some chickens, milk a cow, whatever. Wade through carcasses? Absolutely not. To what? To what? To find the hide, hides and hooves for rendering. Yeah, I don't disgusting. know what for rendering means. Probably so they could like make bags and shit out of the hides and then for the hooves. I don't I know. I thought you just said make baths. And <laughs> so I was like, there's bathe. no way I'm bathing in fucking. Don't you bathe in the flesh of dead animals? It's actually the only way I bathe. <laughs> I know. Keeps you youthful. Honestly? <laughs> Probably. Built collagen. Collagen. <laughs> By 26 years old, he was known as a violent pimp in the Fall River and New Bedford area. I'm sorry, that's not funny, but violent. just how you said it. <laughs> violent pimp. Yeah, no, violent pimp okay. in the Fall River and New Bedford area, and the New Bedford area is where Doreen Levesque went missing before she was found dead. Ooh. Yes, yes. <laughs> he also ran the satanic sex cult that we've been referring to this whole time. He was the Jesus. leader. Jesus, okay. The cult was a twisted sort of religion that trapped prostitutes in it. Like, he would, like, he's their pimp. Yeah. And he'd bring all of his girls. It would force them to stay in line. Okay. So they had to participate in cult rituals, and they were threatened with, like, savage violence if they refused his protection. Mm-mm. Fuck no. So really, and honestly, as we go on through this story, like, yeah, it's definitely a cult and they're doing some cult shit for sure. But I don't think that most of the participants were really all that willing. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like it. No. I mean, if you have a pimp over you, you're gonna do literally whatever they say because they can fucking murder mm -hmm. you. Especially if they're running a satanic sex cult and they threaten yeah. to literally brutally murder you yeah. if you do anything to wrong them. Yeah. And as far as I know about pimps, I don't have a deep knowledge, but like everything is tied to them. Like your money, you yes. give it all to the pimp and then he'll give you like your weekly allowance or mm -hmm. whatever. So like their whole he, lives. He's in charge of where you stay, what yeah. you're doing, knows who you're where fucking. you're at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, fuck yeah. this guy, from what I can tell. So he's really taking advantage yeah. of these people, for sure. Back to Karen and Robin's interview. Karen says that Carl Drew did it. She cried and said, I'm a good person. I believe in God. Oh. But she was, like, forced to stay in this How fucking sex How old is she? Cult. She's, She's 20 young. years old. She's Aww. 20. She referred to Carl Drew as the devil himself. She told police what she thought was going to happen to her for betraying him she believed her soul would be sacrificed and cast into the flaming pits of hell for all eternity. He would threaten the girls, like, when they would, like, try to leave or if they ever did anything wrong to him. He would threaten them by saying, <clears throat> Satan will take his toll. That's fucking horrifying. That's fucking horrifying. That's really scary. Especially because I'm, so I'm, like, I'm sure they saw things in this cult. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. That convinced them. fucking ready. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I hate to call them members of this cult because some of them were willing. Yeah. I know that for sure. Yeah. I, not all of them, dude. So Karen and another prostitute trapped in the cult, Carol Fletcher, they took police to Freetown State Forest. They showed police where it was that the cult would hold their nocturnal gatherings. Mm. When they passed an algae-covered pool of water in the woods... Karen told them that that is where she believed Carl would dump her body after he injects her with battery acid and offers her soul to the sa soul to Satan. Holy shit! Mm -hmm. She's like, if I talk to the police, this is where I'm going to end up. She says as she's talking to the police. 
does she end up there full of battery acid? Fuck, I don't know. You might just have to wait and find out. To me, that means yes. I'm very scared. <laughs> okay, holy shit. It's not funny. So. It's not. Oh my god. Oh, you're laughing. <laughs> Carl Drew threatened terrible things to the girls that he pimped in his Satanist sex cult. Another prostitute, Mildred Jukes, who also goes by Cookie. Oh, I, yeah, like, I that. like that one. That's a cute prostitute it's name. It's a really cute par- prostitute name. <laughs> Uh, but Cookie told police later that Drew had a plan for another woman in the cult who had been arrested for prostitution. In Cookie's words, he said he was going to kill her for it, tie her to a tree to be sacrificed and pour warm blood from a live goat all over her face. Holy fucking shit. That's Just for being arrested horrible. for prostitution, yeah. which he is forcing these women to do? Yeah. Okay. Isn't that fucked? Okay. What the fuck? What? Doesn't make sense. He definitely doesn't seem like a feminist. So not only did police learn all of this, like they went out to the woods, they were getting all this information about this Satanist sex cult and learning a little bit more information about Carl Drew, they were continued talking with Karen after the woods endeavor. Were they keeping her under protection, by the way? They did offer it. And she was like, no, I'll just die. Well, let me tell you. So, while talking with Karen, they learned a little bit more about Robin Murphy, who, again, was Karen's girlfriend, who was also a prostitute in the cult and also a witness to the murder. Okay. Turns out that she also had a severely dark side. Before getting into the circle of Satanists, she had been dabbling in the cult for a very long time, like, since she was, like, a kid, and she's only 17. Shit. Yeah. So, she'd been dabbling in the cult for a very long time. People who knew her described her as psychologically unstable and prone to violence. Holy shit. Yeah. Imagine if those were your top two traits that people said yeah. about you. What would you say she's known for? Psychologically unstable and prone to violence. Everyone's like, okay, well, this is Ooh. an uncomfortable funeral. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> While the police were working on putting together the case for Doreen Levesque's murder against Carl Drew, mm. in nine. In 19. In Jan... In January. On January. Okay. 26th, 1980, Barbara Raposa's body was found in the woods behind an old abandoned factory. So, Is this the chick that was saying, if I testify or whatever, I'm gonna fucking die? No. This is the girl who... The reason Andy Malshas went to the police, even though he was a pedophile creepo, his girlfriend went missing, and he said he thought it had something to do with the cult. I see. Okay. I remember. Yeah. So her body was found frozen and bloodied, skull was crushed with a rock, and she had also been raped. Oh my god. Yeah. Another Satanist cult involved prostitute dead. That's what I wrote. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. Another Satanist cult involved prostitute dead. So. You having a good day? I must have been. Okay. But it is like that to connect them. They're like, okay, wait. So this girl was also involved in the Satanist cult. Also mm. was a prostitute. That last girl we found was involved in the Satanist cult and was found dead and was a prostitute. So yeah. they're starting to connect some things. Andy Malchus, the concerned boyfriend slash pedo rapist sexual sadist. <sighs> what a resume. What a resume. <laughs> it's perfect for joining a Satanist cult. It is. Really. I am a pedophile, sadist, <laughs> fucking all-around asshole. All-around asshole. I They're mean, like great. rape people. So <laughs> you can't get any better than that. Yeah. So he was the first person interviewed because he was the last person to have seen her alive. And in his interviews, he absolutely denied knowing anything about it. He later mm. called the police after telling them that he didn't know anything about it. He calls the police and he claims... He had a psychic vision of his girlfriend's murder so detailed and so accurate 
that it like included like the time and cause of death and a whole bunch of details that had not been released to the press he's like it was a psychic vision yeah what a vision bro whoa these people aren't a part of your cult they're not gonna believe your psychic vision they're gonna be like oh so you were there then obviously (laughs) (laughs) okay so here's the thing they did like they like heard him out even though the whole time they were like keep talking Uh, yeah of course they're just waiting to put him in cuffs until they get all the information yup obviously he was arrested yeah because yeah. just dumb <laughs> literally what a fucking idiot right when i read that i was like what you think these cops are gonna believe your psychic vision yeah right Never. you've been in that cult for too long no oh my god <laughs> far too long So, a few days later, Robin Murphy, who was the 17-year-old with the dark side dating the girl who was scared that she was going to be murdered, she came forward to the police after Andy Moshes was arrested, and she claimed that she was present during both the murders of Barbara Raposa and Doreen Levesque. So, they already knew- Yeah. They already knew that they were witnesses to the murder of Doreen, but now she says she was there for the murder of Barbara, too. Okay. Which is interesting. She agreed to testify in both of these cases, so due to her testimony, she was placed in protective custody and was given immunity in both murders. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I somewhat support that. I don't know if she should have been given full immunity. Right. They should at least look and see if she participated in a way. Right. But at least she's testifying. And also make sure that you can confirm her stories. Yeah, for sure. She said of the Barbara Raposa case that... Andy Malshus killed her after discovering that she'd been cheating on him with another man. Hmm. But maybe it was, like, a situation where, like, she wasn't getting money from this guy. Oh, yeah. And she, like, actually just, like, was hooking up with him out of her own free will, as most people should do. Right. As everyone should do. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for So real. that could probably be it. I, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Robin says that earlier in the night, she had been partying with both Barbara and Andy. They were dating. And at some point, the couple got into an argument. Andy parked his car behind the old abandoned factory where she was later found, and he drags Barbara out of the car, beat her, and raped her. He picked up a rock and beat her more, then drove away with Robin in the car the whole time, watching everything. And he left his girlfriend still alive and told her that she can try and crawl away on her own, (gasps) and she literally died there. Is that really what happened to her? Well, oh as far God. as Oh my God. That yeah. is so fucking. And she just froze to death out there. That is so fucking. Yeah, in the sad. middle of fucking winter. Oh. In Massachusetts. Oh, this poor girl. Yeah. When Robin was asked why she didn't come forward sooner with this mm-hmm. information, like before he was arrested, she said that she was threatened with the same fate if she went to the police. So, with this testimony, their plan is to nail Andy Malchus. Okay. Based upon Robin's testimony, really. Okay. And his fucking claim of a psych- psychic vision. Yeah, what a dumbass. Dumb. Obviously, the question remains about Carl Drew and the satanic sex cult. So we get more on that when Robin tells the police about Doreen Levesque's murder, which only before then, only Karen had said anything about this murder. Yeah. So at this point, Robin tells police... Um, Sorry, I'm actually having a really hard time. Is that what she told police? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. I kind of hope so. Yeah. I mean, I I think she'd be having a pretty hard time. Okay, so we get more on Carl Drew and the satanic cult when Robin tells the police about Doreen Levesque's murder, which even though the evidence was almost the exact same in both Barbara and Doreen's murders, it looked like they were committed by, like, the same person. Mm. Robin insists that the only thing that they actually had in common was that she was there for both of them. 
Huh. So she says, Carl Drew killed Doreen. Sure. Okay. But Andy Malchus killed Barbara. Okay. But they were killed almost the exact same. So she says that Doreen's murder was a soul offering to Satan and that it was Carl Drew who did it. Doreen had recently left Drew's cult to work the streets for and by herself. Nice. Businesswoman. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, it's still sad. Yeah. But at least she's doing it for herself yeah. now. Yeah. But as we also happen to know, that's not allowed under Drew's Satanist rule. Mm-hmm. Satan takes his toll. So, along with Robin Karen and a man named Willie Smith, who was a friend of his, they tracked her down. And it seems like everybody, like Robin and Karen, were just in the car. Mm. They track her down and Drew forces Doreen into the car. They pulled up behind the high school near where she was later found. And Drew and his friend Willie took her out of the car, dragged her out of the car and under the bleachers, supposedly out of sight. And, like, out of earshot from where Robin and Karen were waiting in the car. Okay. When the men came back, after a few minutes, they all drove away, and the girls asked, like, what happened to Doreen? Mm -hmm. And Carl says, you don't want to know. (gasps) Supposedly that's Dude, what the fuck? Mm Mm-hmm. What happens to fucking girls supporting girls here? Like, why aren't they looking out for each other? I think maybe because they're scared. I know that that's why Karen didn't do anything. I guess that's probably true. But we'll find out why Robin didn't do anything. Yeah. Okay? We'll find out. Okay. Robin had said to police that they couldn't hear or see anything, but Doreen suffered a violent sexual assault, extensive and brutal torture, which eventually led to her murder. Oh. It wouldn't have been quiet at all. And from where they said the car was parked, like, it was in earshot. Yeah. So no, human screams can travel, like, upwards of, like, a mile or mm-hmm. two. It was, it would not, and it would not have been quiet. No. That's how brutal this shit was. Yeah. So, Robin also told the police that it all took place over the course of, like, a, just a few minutes. But again, like, it was extensive. It was very clear that it, what she suffered could not have taken just a few minutes. Mm, Didn't say exactly how long it would have taken, but not just a few minutes. Yeah. So Robin stayed strong that she didn't even know for sure that Doreen had even been murdered until she saw it on the news after her body was found. Uh, her story then grew, like, it, it evolved. Okay. To have all kinds of, like, added gory details and, like, satanic shit involved in her story, which she didn't talk about, like, at all in her first interview with police. Why are people such dumbasses when they have interviews with police? I literally could not fucking tell you. Ugh. I mean, I mean, probably good, because I assume this person is not a good person. No, she's not. Yeah. But, like, why are people so fucking dumb? You just give them the bare minimum. I'm not going to tell people how to get away with shit. Never mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> but we know, and that's what's important. Yes. Um, no, we don't. Just no, kidding. we don't. We just won't have anything <laughs> we ever have to get away with. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to bring Karen Marsden back into the mix. She's the girl who's scared. She's the girl who said that she's going to be end up okay. dead. Right? She's the one that I like. Yeah, I like yeah. her too, personally. I'm so bad at keeping track of names. All I can keep track of right now are the people I fucking hate. Yeah. And the ones that I like. <laughs> yeah. She's one of the ones I like. I hope everybody's following. I'm trying my best. Oh, no, you're doing good. I'm Thank just you. a dumbass. But... Oh, well, me too. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> to Crew Trime. Welcome to Crew Trime. <laughs> so... She, Karen Marsden, was still talking with police, like, all this time while they're trying to build their case and everything, and it is believed that she was, in fact, at both murders as well, both Doreen's and Barbara's. The way that she recalls the events are vastly different from what Robin says. Okay. 
She says that, yes, Carl Drew was, in fact, the guy behind the killings. And, and she said both killings. Interesting. Mm. But, well, that does make sense, because it does seem like they were both committed by the same person. It does seem that way. But well, guess we'll see. She says it was Carl Drew. Okay. But, like, while, while saying, yes, Carl Drew was the guy behind it, she kind of turns on her girlfriend, on Robin. Mm. And she says that Robin was also a key figure in the murders. Okay, and when you say girlfriend, you mean, like, actual girlfriend? Yeah, like, they were, like, living together, oh, they were okay. dating. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because uh, like, a lot of the, the times, like, like, my fucking grandma will be like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend back in the day, and I'll, like, look at her, and she's like, not like lesbians. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, in this case, lesbians, for Okay, sure. cool, cool. Apparently, Robin instructed everyone who was there at, yeah, that was there for both murders to take part in the mutilating of Doreen and Barbara's bodies. Holy shit. So maybe that was for ritualistic reasons, more likely to ensure that they are all, like, involved in the crime so that they won't go tell, you know? Because then they'll get in trouble for it, too. So that's... Seems to be the reason why she forced everyone to participate in mutilating them. And for Satan, of course. Mm -hmm. Robin, this this whole time, is claiming that she was just a witness and that she didn't even see or hear Doreen's murder. Okay. And that Andy Malchus murdered Doreen. So what you're telling me is this bitch is lying. What is this bitch saying? (laughs) Lies. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's, I mean... I trust Karen. Yeah, oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Karen's statements were not usable in court. She was deemed an unreliable witness because of drug use, erratic behavior, and she refused to testify in court. Okay. Police didn't necessarily not believe her. Like, they were they were like, hey, tell us what you know, because we're getting yeah. a lot of stories here. So they continued to keep in contact and press her for more information, even after she was deemed, like, an unreliable witness. mm She did not want to talk anymore, and she broke down in her final interview with police, telling them that if she died, it would be Carl Drew who did it. She was reported missing on February 9th, 1980. (gasps) Oh, no, my girl. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she was such a good person. She was such a good person. She was just caught up in some bad shit. She believed in God. Uh, Well, now that makes you a good person, (laughs) but she was a good person. She She was was helping out the investigation. A lot. (laughs) (laughs) A good person right there. Two months later, after she was reported missing on February 9th, the remains of a human skull were found near Deval Pond in Westport, Massachusetts. The skull belonged to Karen. Oh, no. After searching the rest of the area, police found the decaying carcasses of three cats... They found a bunch of sheep bones. What the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? Clumps of human hair, <gasps> some jewelry, a high heel, <gasps> a single high heel, and pieces of a woman's sweater. No, so they fucked her up. Well, let's get into that. Oh, no. After Karen's skull was found, a woman who was formerly in the cult named Maureen Sparta, or Sunny, was her nickname. Okay. She comes forward and she tells the police that Robin Murphy was Karen's killer. That Karen was killed by her own girlfriend. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Sunny was previously a prostitute who got involved in the cult and had hosted many satanic gatherings at her apartment. Mm. She was, like, the mom to all of, like, the younger prostitutes, drug users, and runaways who hung out, like, like the in madam. the madam. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She was involved with Robin for a period of time. It seemed sexually. Sexually? Mm-hmm. Okay. And Sunny told the police that she had been talking to Robin on the phone, and Robin admitted to the murder to her on the phone. Fuck. So that's crazy. That's some pretty hard evidence right there. That's pretty good. Yeah. On top of that, mm. Carol Fletcher, who was the other girl who went out to the woods with Karen and the police that one time, she came forward and said that both Robin and Carl Drew were the murderers. 
She said another man was also involved, and his name was Carl Davis, and he was another pimp and also a friend of Carl Drew's. Is Massachusetts just popping? Popping with pimps, I suppose. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah. Who knew? Okay. Maybe I'm just sheltered, but I didn't imagine that. No. I'm sure there are pimps in Utah as well, but... I wonder where. Carol says that she drove the group out to the wooded area where the satanic sacrifice took place. Fuck. Police already had Robin Murphy in protective custody awaiting Andy Malsh's trial for the murder of Barbara Raposa, so she was immediately arrested and brought in for these murders. Carl Drew and the other man, Carl Davis, were also arrested and indicted, and they were very easy to find, since, literally, get this, Hmm. both of them were in county jail on (laughs) unrelated assault charges. These fucking dirtbags. They're like, oh shit, we gotta find Carl Drew and Carl Davis, where are they? Jail. Jail already. Great, they're already in handcuffs, just bring them to a different location. Yeah, literally. In questioning, Robin broke down and told the police her version of the events. Some more lion. I fucking think so. Okay. All but right. also, it's it's so questionable on, like, how much of this is lies? How much of this is true? And we'll get into why all that questions, like, why there's so many questions later. Okay. So her story is that the cult killed approximately every 30 days on the full moon. She says the cult spoke in tongues, conjured demons, and offered human sacrifices to Satan. They tortured to force the victim to a maximum state of emotional arousal. Okay. Which, if that was reached, was considered to be an exceptional sacrifice. Okay. Which is kind of fucked up, to force a victim to maximum state of emotional arousal. Yeah, I don't like that phrasing. I- God. She told police that Karen was a liability because of the rumors... Rumors? hmm That she was speaking with the police after Doreen's murder. <laughs> yeah, just rumors. Just rumors. I don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's my girl, so... <laughs> So Robin dragged her out of the car by the hair, and she was ritualistically stoned over the head by Drew, Robin, Carl Davis, and Carol Fletcher. Holy shit. So by her own girlfriend? Well, again, this is Robin's story, so I don't know. (sighs) I don't trust what everything that Robin says. I believe some of it. That's the thing. I believe some of it. Yeah. But Drew cut off one of her fingers... then broke her neck with his bare hands. Robin says at this point, after her neck was broken, Drew instructed her to slit Karen's throat, so in a state of, like, like... Satanic bliss? <laughs> uh, or something. She says it was, like, it's a state of shock. Okay. She's trying to, like, make it seem like she didn't really do anything oh, she, wrong. But victim. here she says... Okay. She slit Karen's throat. <sighs> What the fuck? Piece of shit, man. The two men, and this is so fucked, the two men then tore Karen's head off (gasps) and kicked it around the woods like a football. (gasps) Yeah. Oh my god. It gets worse. Satan's toll was still to be paid, so Drew carved an X into her torso, began to speak in tongues, offering her soul to the devil, then he dipped his thumb in Karen's blood and marked an X on Robin's forehead. Oh my god. Lastly, Robin says she was forced to perform oral sex on Karen's decapitated body before they dumped the body in the woods and lit it on fire. Holy fuck. Okay, here's the thing. I believe some of what she said. I believe some of what she said. Because that's truly fucking awful. Mm -hmm. And ew. Only Karen's shattered skull was ever found. They never found the body. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is how all of their trials kind of wrap up. Okay. Andy Malchus, who was charged with Barbara Raposa's murder and was convicted convicted of first degree murder. Okay. He was given life with no possibility of parole. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Okay. The majority That's of the case, this is the interesting thing though. Well, it, uh, I have questions about whether he actually did it. 
In my mind, if he was present for it, might as well have done it. I believe fully he was at the very least present, and maybe he even participated, but this is being blamed solely on him. And yeah. And I don't think it was a solely on him thing. Definitely not. And the majority of his whole case against him was based on Robin's testimony, and, like, we can pretty clearly tell that she's a fucking liar. Yeah. So, just kind of seems suspicious to me. But he ended up dying of cancer in 1998. Not going to say he deserved it, but... (laughs) (laughs) So Robin's lawyer argued that since Robin was underage and under the powerful influence of a satanic cult at the time, that she should only be given second-degree murder instead of first in exchange for testifying against Carl Drew for the murder of Karen Marsden. That was a lot. Yeah. She received life in prison with the possibility of parole, She spent 24 years in prison before being released on parole in June of 2004. She violated her parole and was back in prison by 2011, and it seems like she's definitely still kicking in there. Just vibing in prison? Apparently. Because of her testimony in in Andy Malsha's trial, she was still granted immunity for any involvement in both Doreen Levesque's and Barbara Raposa's murders. So those trials... Didn't affect her. Did not affect her at all. Okay. She was only convicted for Karen Marsden's. Okay. I somewhat agree with that sentence of life in prison with the possibility of parole. Because I think she's going to serve a hefty time. Yeah. But she has an opportunity to leave and, like, live a decent life and maybe not go back. And she chose not to do that. And now she's back. Yeah. So, there you go. Boom. And that's the system playing out in actually quite a good way. And it's rare we see that. Yeah. In this very specific instance. Yeah. (laughs) So, Carl Davis, who was the friend, he never stood trial for his potential involvement in the murder. He was, however, arrested for assaulting Sunny, the girl who called the police and said that it was Robin, who killed Karen. Holy shit. He apparently beat her and stabbed her in the head with a knife while she was three months pregnant (gasps) because she had information that would implicate him in Karen's murder. He served seven years in prison and is now out. He served seven? Seven years. And he's out and about now. What in the fuck? Yeah. No justice in that one. No, not at all. No justice in that one. No. What the fuck? He stabbed a woman in the stabbed head. Stabbed her in the head. Tore that fucking girl's head off. And, and kicked, kicked it, it around. around. Like a football. And he got seven years for that? I wonder if it was actually cooked around like a soccer ball. Oh my god. Okay, so Carl Drew, the cult leader slash pimp, already had a long list of felonies, including assault, weapons possession, and armed robbery. No surprise. Not at all. And based on character witnesses, it was very clear that he was, like, a scary, intimidating man. People were frightened by this guy. Yeah. After Robin told her version of events in court, because she testified, another woman, an ex-girlfriend of Carl Drew's named Leah Johnson, also took the stand and told her story, which was that Drew admitted to her that he and Robin had killed a girl. Holy shit. She also was supposedly given a ring from Carl Drew that was actually Karen Marsden's ring. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, this piece of shit. Oh my God. Oh, I hate these people. I hate these people. They're awful. They're the worst. So he tried, he He tried to maintain his innocence, but, of course, he was convicted of first-degree murder and is now serving life with no possibility of parole at a Massachusetts state prison. Okay. Doreen Levesque's murder never went to trial, and she was the first girl that was found. Uh. Because, and this is, I think is fucked up, the DA said it would be too costly, and best case, it would just result in another life sentence for Drew, and he already had one, so they decided not to pursue it. That's still gonna give closure to her family. What about justice? Yeah. Yeah. That pissed me off to to find out, because her, she deserved a trial too, dude. Mm Mm-hmm. 
You don't just pick and choose like that, especially if you have evidence. Yeah, because now she's probably filed as an unsolved murder or whatever, mm-hmm. and we or know something. who fucking killed her. What really happened? Because we have Robin's story for sure. We kind of have Karen's story, and we have bits and pieces of people saying, oh, well, they admitted it to me. They, you know, told me this, or I happened to be there, and I witnessed it, and this yeah. is what I saw. Oh, but I was there, and I witnessed it, and this is what I saw. Yeah. So really what happened? There have been allegations of witness tampering, falsified information, insufficient counsel, legal rights violations, and police misconduct in these cases. And on top of that, Robin Murphy came back and recanted her entire testimony in an attempt to get a new trial. She did not get the new trial. I'm not surprised. She said, I believe Carl Drew was guilty of killing Karen and many, many other women in the area. I believed that he belonged in jail, but also new justice was not taking place, so I made the story up. So she says- So everything. This seems to be what she's saying. She I later, hate this bitch. She later says that she doesn't even remember that day. So what the fuck is- what? Honestly, from what it sounds like, and this is just my expert opinion. Mm-hmm, let's hear it. It sounds like she took part way more than she wanted to say. And she's oh, well, trying to- everybody else is saying that she was a key mm-hmm. figure. Everybody else is saying And that. she's trying to save her own ass, being like, aha, let me make up these stories that implicates these guys, because obviously they're going to believe me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so now she's trying to go back on it in some way, for some reason. And here is why I'm saying that I don't- fully believe that Andy Malchus actually killed Barbara Raposa. She definitely did go missing, right? I think that he definitely was there for the murder. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How else would you know all of those details? But she came forward also and said that she lied about being at Barbara Raposa's murder. It was all just to get back at Andy for sexually abusing her all those years since she was 11. That's a little bit believable. It's a little bit believable. That's why I can't say I don't still think that he was definitely there and he saw everything because there is evidence kind of to definitely point to that. This is just so, like, convoluted, though, because, like, obviously fucking, like, everyone was there for every murder. Mm -hmm. It just comes down to who took part in the actual murders. And who's actually telling the truth story. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Really. So, multiple other girls, also, like, of the other prostitutes that came forward and testified, later also recanted their statements, stating that they were threatened by police or were under the influence of drugs. I've never taken part in a murder. Never been there when it's happened. Absolutely Never once in my life. But I feel like if I was, I would probably remember every detail of that night. Every single fucking detail. The question is, would you lie about it? Probably not. Well, no, I probably would not lie. So I only have a little bit left. Carl Drew denies that he had any involvement in a satanic cult, even though he was the fucking leader. He says, I was thrown into the middle of a mass nightmare that involved macabre accusations of devil worship and human sacrifice. Totally off the wall accusations that was right out of some thriller novel. None true as far as I was involved and nothing like what was being said. Power and control. Yeah. I think is really what this guy strove for. God damn. Well, fuck everyone in that story except for that one chick. So the name of my killer cult is Order du Temple Solaire. What? <laughs> yeah, it's a French thing, so we're okay. going to be calling it the Solar Temple. Okay, that actually, that's easy. Yeah, so I'm going to give you a little brief history on the cult. Alrighty. Yeah, so the Order du Temple Solaire, <laughs> Honestly, or the Solar Temple. Sounds phenomenal. Thank you. You really got it down. <laughs> I am fluent in French, as I you can, can tell. tell. Yeah. <laughs> But it was a religious cult that followed the ideals of the Knights Templar. And the Knights Templar was a Catholic military group founded in 1119. Jesus. Yeah. Known for their white gowns and red crosses on the front. So I'm sure you've seen something like that. No, absolutely. Yeah. 1119. Very early. And the Knights Templar was disbanded in 1312 due to distrust from mainstream Catholics. 
They believed that the Knights Templar was a secret society and many members were burned at the stake. Oh, man. But the Solar Temple was created by Joseph de Mambro and Luce Duet in 1984 in Geneva. Mm-hmm. By created by, I mean, like, they made it popular. Okay. Yeah, so, like, it had existed before, but these people, like, brought it into the fucking light. Yeah. And Dean Mam- Mambro <laughs> was a businessman, and Louis Jorvet was a homeopathic doctor. What does homeopathic mean? It means, like, Eastern medicine. Oh, okay. So it means, okay. like, you know, they'd be like, oh, here's some herbs for that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And Dean Mambro, this was gross to me when I read the interviews, mm-hmm. developed a super creepy, way too intimate relationship with his mother at a young <gasps> age, and he also had a history of violence. Like Norman Bates. Yeah, like he didn't grow up with a dad, and so in his own words, he like stepped into that position. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, and a oh, lot of people God. just kind of like tiptoed around the fact that it might have been like an incest thing. Sounds like an incest thing. Yeah. Like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So so here's just like kind of a shit show of their beliefs. Okay. <laughs> so the main goal of the solar temple was to establish correct notions of authority and power in the world. They believe that spirituality should be held higher than temporal authority. So what? So that basically means like the law of God should be held higher than the law of man. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And they also wanted to help humans through the great transition and prepare for the second coming of Christ as a solar god king. They've definitely got some interesting <laughs> ideas here, for sure. Oh, it gets weirder. And they also wanted to unify all Christian sects, and that included Islam. I thought you said sex at first. Oh, no. And I was, like, I was like, what could that mean? <laughs> Every no, Christian okay. sex. So they were pulling in, like, all of all of the Christians of all times. That was their main goal. Wanted. Okay. Yeah. So the temple's activities can be described described as a mix of early Christian identity, UFO religion, and New Age philosophy using adapted Freemason rituals. UFOs in here too? Oh yeah, that's what they meant by God as a solar god king. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my alien god. Yep. Interesting. And the leaders of the temple were very concerned with getting well-known and wealthy public figures to join their group. A lot like Scientology. A lot like Scientology. Yeah. The leaders of the group were called the Elder Brothers of the Rosy Cross, and there were 33 of them, and their identities have always been kept a secret. So no one knows. No one knew. And the headquarters for the temple were in Zurich, Switzerland. I've actually heard of that place before. Yeah, same. Yeah. I've heard of a few of these places. Hey. Look at us. Look at us. Our American education Whoa. isn't failing us <laughs> this one time. It kind of still is. It is. I couldn't though. tell you where it is. <laughs> you know? Because we Just were educated have heard it here. before. <laughs> <laughs> so the Solar Temple had several lodges where members would be trained. The members would also try to reach high, higher levels in the community by completing grades within the level. Okay. Yeah, so there were three grades for every level. The levels were called the Brothers of Parvis, the Knights of the Alliance, and the Brothers of Ancient Times. Quite the levels bro oh yeah they were like a super medieval cult it super seems like yeah it. and it gets more into that and this is all started back in like the 11 1100s <laughs> bitch the yeah. 1100s yeah right around there and the what is it the knights of the templar was like disbanded in 1312 or whatever yeah interesting okay so when the members were sworn in they had to promise on their lives that they would not share any of the secrets of the church they were super secretive. That was, like, their thing. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a member would come in and it'd be like, oh, you're part of this secret fucking thing now. So, like, hush, hush. And hush, everyone hush. would be like, huh. 
And members were also often told that they were reincarnations of famous religious leaders, and this appealed to many successful people because it stroked their egos. Yeah, definitely. So CEOs would come in and be like, I'm already the shit, and then they'd be like, also, you're the fucking reincarnation of Jesus Christ himself, and they'd be like, And then they'd be like, I have literally never been greater. Yum, yum. Ugh. And the church taught its members that they were better than regular people because they were enlightened, unlike everyone else. Mm. And they were also the reincarnations of all these people. And Dean Mambro would tell members that their love for others had run its course on this earth and they needed to cut ties with everyone they loved. So not love thy neighbor. No. Dean Mambro would split up couples that had been married for years and force other members to marry one another. So he, like, at will would just, like, destroy fucking families. Yes. Fuck. Yeah. It was pretty fucked up. Honestly, the fact that, like, someone can do that. Yeah. It's smart people that get trapped into these things. It's not just people that are like, oh, I'll do anything. Like, people get trapped into these things. Mm -hmm. It's very scary. Very scary. Yeah. But members were also told that they couldn't even sit in a seat that the leaders had sat in because their energy was too powerful. They could literally die from coming into contact with it. From sitting in a chair. Yeah. Because the reincarnations that the leaders were, were like the big ones. Oh. Like, I'm sure one of them was like Jesus Christ reincarnated, like for real. I mean, probably. Yeah. Well, for real. Yeah. (laughs) He actually (laughs) fucking was. (laughs) Don't sit in that chair. I'll tell you what. Oh, yeah. You'll fucking explode. For sure. (laughs) For real. Yeah. And members were required to donate a fuck ton of money to the order. And some members donated up into like the millions. Oh, that makes me so sad. Yeah. That makes me so sad. Yeah, I was really fucked up. Because you already know that their money is going into fueling this cult. Mm-hmm. And which, the leaders are just taking the money and doing whatever they wanted with it. Mm-hmm. A fucked up system. A fucked up system. Yeah. Cult leaders do not care about anyone but themselves. Yeah. And before Literally. we get into the fucked up shit, like members of the society started kind of realizing that where they were like, okay, like we have all these lodges, like we have all this shit, but like, what are you doing with all that money? So people are like, um, what the fuck is going How on? I'm being controlled so much and yeah. you're taking all my money. And the lodges contained altars where rituals would be performed while the members wore crusade era costumes and expensive jewelry. So those crusade white robes era. and the red crosses. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Like the crusades. I, I can see it now. Yep. <laughs> yep. And during the ascending ritual, which is like when someone would go up a grade, the ascending member of the cult would have to carry a sword, which was an authentic Templar artifact given to Demambro thousands of years ago in a past life. And Demambro thought the sword was Excalibur. Oh my god. Mm. So this bitch was just straight up <sighs> fucking lying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He thought it was Excalibur. Mm-hmm. And they also believed in the Holy Grail. And they believed that that would present itself once they have like shown themselves worthy. Here's the thing. I kind of love these guys because how much I hate them. You right? Know? And also they're living in such a fun fantasy. If, right? <laughs> they really if are. all of this was in fact the case, that'd be fun. I mean... Kind of crazy. It'd be super fun. Something to live for. You'd be like, that's Excalibur. And yeah. we're protecting the Holy Grail. So right like, now. holy shit. <laughs> holy shit. Yeah. But that wasn't the case. No. And then at some point, the leaders of the group told members that they were being listened to on their phone calls and they uh, believe their lodges have been bugged. Paranoia. Paranoia to the S- fullest extent. Setting in. Yeah. And this was another weird part that was kind of convoluted. Mm-hmm. There were also far right ties. And in France, that means Nazi. 
Oh. Like, if you're far right, like, you're a racist Nazi. Oh, my God. So, I mean, they were kind of here, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, there were those connections in the order. The leader before D. Mambro was an ex-Nazi who somehow escaped execution for his war crimes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he was, like, a high-up Nazi and then came and, like, kind of started this. And then mm-hmm. they came over, took it over once he was too old to lead and got it popular. So, is this happening in the, nineteen like, early 1900s then? This is happening in, like, the 1980s. And then the fucked Whoa. up shit is happening in the 1990s, which we're Jesus about to get to. Christ. I'm over here thinking, like, I was like, I didn't know where from 1100s to now we were. So 1980s is Like, when... late 1980s is when this shit is getting kicking. This is crazy. I've never heard of this before. Right? And it's not even that long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this shit happened probably, like, right before we were born. Oh, my God. The okay. shit I'm about to get into. Okay. So, in October of 1994, Tony Duatz, which was a member of the group... Sons Emmanuel was murdered at the Colts Lodge in Quebec. Emmanuel had only been three months old when he was stabbed repeatedly oh. with a wooden stake. Oh my god. Yeah. This man's baby? Mm-hmm. Three months old. Oh my god. Yeah. DeMambro ordered the murder because he believed that the child was the biblical antichrist who had been born into the group to stop DeMambro from completing his spiritual missions. He thought this three-month-old baby was the baby that was going to ruin it all for him. Yeah, so he stabbed him multiple times with a wooden cross. Oh my god. Yeah. I, that shocks me. It's that really has fun. me... And that was just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, and no one found out about that until more what? of this shit happened. How did happens. nobody find out? Because that guy brought his baby willingly. He was a member of the cult. Oh my god, this just mm-hmm. got so much more mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah. Hella fucked up. He's like, yeah, here's my baby who's apparently gonna fuck your day up, so kill him. Stab him. What the fuck? With a wooden stake. Days after the murder of three-month-old Emmanuel, DeMambro and 12 of his followers performed a ritual last supper. After this, mass suicides began to take place at the no. cult's lodges in Cherry and Salivan, two villages in Switzerland. Okay. So 15 people committed suicide with poison, 30 with bullets or smothering, and eight died due to unknown causes. Unknown causes. hmm Man. I wish I knew. Yeah, and here's the thing. I got conflicting reports about how many people total died, mm-hmm. but it was somewhere from 69 to 80. Oh my god. Yeah, so these are the confirmed, like, how I know these people died. And do died. you know how big this cult was? It was pretty fucking big. It sounds like it. It, it was deep, deep roots. It was international. Like, these mass suicides happened in Europe as well as Canada. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's across a whole sea. <laughs> a whole ass sea. Could a I tell you which one? one? No, because I went to school in America. Yeah, I was so. really going to say, I couldn't tell you which sea. <laughs> Many of the victims were found in a secret underground chapel. The chapel's walls were covered in mirrors and other occult items. The bodies were dressed in their white robes. Of course. With the red crosses. They had been placed in a circle with their feet facing inward and their heads facing outward. Heads inward, feet outward. No, feet inward, heads outward. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And there had also been plastic bags covering their heads before they had been shot. <sighs> yep. So those ones aren't necessarily, like, not necessarily suicide. Someone shot them? Yeah, we'll get into how fucking weird this is. But yeah. Okay. So it's believed that this is, okay, this is one version of the stories. It was like mm. some members of the suicide group would be like, okay, so we're going to do the shooting. Boom, boom, boom. Everyone's dead turn the guns on each other, the last two alive, shoot each other, boom, we're dead. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But we'll get into how maybe that's not true. Well, that honestly, if it was true, yeah. I'm excited to hear how potentially it's not. <laughs> but if it was true, that's 
well orchestrated. Yeah. Yeah. No, they were organized. Yeah. Yeah. So inside of the Swiss Lodge, there were 25 bodies found, two of them being the founders of the Solar Temple, the man bro and the other dude. Okay. I'm not going to try and say his name. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And there was evidence that many of the members in Switzerland had been drugged before being shot. Oh. Heavily drugged. Well. So that's where people are kind of thinking, because like before this started happening, people were like, what's going on with my money? What are we doing with this? What are we doing with that? So people are kind of wondering if these people were drugged and then fucking murdered. Mm -hmm. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And there were several dead children found lying together in a ski chalet owned by the Solar Temple as well. Are they included in the 69 to 80? Yeah. Yeah. That's devastating. Mm-hmm. The children who get involved in awful cults, I always feel so fucking It's so bad sad because I didn't mean to. No. They were born <sighs> into it. Yeah. And in one of the documentaries I watched, they were like showing the rubble of these places because I'll tell you what happens to these places. Mm. And there were just like children's books lying around <sighs> and like all this shit because there were like a lot of kids. Well, yeah. There were a lot. And everybody was getting their marriages realigned, mm-hmm. different people, all kinds of chaos. So after investigating, authorities found that some of the bodies had been shot in the head upwards of nine times oh my god excessive mm-hmm. so it's kind of like posing another question like what the fuck is going why on why shoot them so many times yeah if the whole point is just to kill them mm-hmm. so remote control devices were detonated at the sites of the mass suicides which caused huge fires this alerted authorities to the presence of the bodies Oh, my God. Yeah, so that's, like, at every one of these mass suicides, there were all of these, like, remote control devices that were detonated. Making sure they took care of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, and many members had written farewell letters that stated they were leaving the hypocrisies and oppression of this world. Oh, my God. So they yeah. really did believe this shit. hmm And some of them... Maybe not all, but at least some of them were, in fact, ready to die. Yeah, some of them were, like, ready to die for their cause, but I think some of them were not. No. Yeah. And it's the same, like, in Jonestown, yeah, some of them mm-hmm. wanted to, like, drink that that Kool-Aid. The Kool-Aid, yeah. Some of them did not and mm-hmm. were forced to. And it seems like the same kind of thing happened here. Yeah, 100%. Some of them were devout, and some of them were like, I don't think that I believe this and want to die for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fuck. It's really sad. And then a film crew that went to the lodge in Switzerland a year after the deaths found a few videotapes. And when they were examined, they found that they contained Canadian pornos. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Really? mm -hmm. What differentiates Canadian pornos from, like, American pornos? I don't know, man. So all of the murder-slash-suicides mm. took place on the dates of equinoxes or solstices, and this aligned with the group's beliefs. And this was just a crazy story that I found. Like, this documentary crew full-on interviewed this guy. His story was crazy. Was he a survivor? Kind of, but Ooh, yes. Okay. So the day before this mass suicide-slash-murder incident in Switzerland, mm-hmm. DeMambro had asked a former member of the church to meet him at the lodge where the tragedy would soon take place. Right. DeMambro had told the former mender- member that he had some money for him, because apparently he owed him some money. Okay. When the former member got there, he found all the doors to the lodge closed with the shutters drawn. And already he was like, this is weird, because usually yeah. there were like people walking around, there was like some shit going on. DeMambro approached him and told him to come inside for the money. The former member is quoted as saying, I smelled a strong scent of gas and felt sick. I knew I had to leave immediately. Oh, God. He didn't go inside. No, he didn't. Already, he was spooked. He could tell the vibes were off. 
Yeah. Trust the vibes and get the fuck out of there. Yep. So the man starts running back to his car as Dean Mambro and an assistant scream for him to come back. This former member narrowly avoided death. Oh my God. My jaw has been dropped this whole time. Yeah. What? Mm -hmm. Thank God that guy trusted his gut, dude. Yeah. He said as soon as he showed up, he was like, what the fuck? And then apparently like they were trying to get into the lodge and Dean Mambro had like called a locksmith to come like open it. He was like, oh, I lost my key. The locksmith opens it and leaves and they open the door and he said like the whiff of gas that hit him. He was like, holy shit, these motherfuckers are about to blow this up. Straight up. So he literally just ran. He was like, fuck my money. I don't even care. No. And Dean Mambro chased him and was like, come back. And he just ran away. And then later he said he was watching the news and he saw the shit and he was like, oh I was oh literally my God. just there and almost died in that explosion. Mm-hmm. 100%. And that kind of confirms the fact that not everyone there was willing for that suicide. Oh, I, I there is no way that everybody mm-hmm. there was willing for that suicide. Yeah. There's no way. Especially the people who were already starting to have questions. Mm-hmm. So after the incident in Switzerland, four letters were sent out to French and Swiss media outlets claiming that the members had left this earth on transit to the star Sirius. Okay. One of who, who sent these out? A member of the church that had not killed himself yet. Yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. One of these letters claimed that the church had been heavily harassed by the police to the point where they could no longer endure it. And mm-hmm. so another theory that we'll get into a little bit later was that maybe the police came in and straight up fucking murked these bitches because of the way that they handled the scene after. Another murder-suicide incident occurred what? on December 15th slash 16th. They don't quite know. That's Lula's birthday. Shout right? out, bitch. Lula. Hey, hey, our listener of the week. Lula. Right there. <laughs> so on December 23rd, 16 bodies were found in a star formation in the mountainous region of France. So in a star formation, does that mean like, like, what's it called? A constellation type thing? I think it means like an actual like star. Like imagine like a five point star. Like oh, okay. not like a okay. satanic star, but like, just like, yeah, the one on your hand. Too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. After investigating, authorities found that two members had murdered the other 14 and then shot each other. This was seen as a sacrifice or emolliation. So they did use their well-orchestrated plan there. Mm -hmm. So two of the dead were actually French policemen that had been in the previous... That had been at the previous murder-suicide incident when it occurred. What? They had been questioned about their involvement, but seemed to not be suspicious. Okay, well, now I'm having questions about the police. Mm -hmm. Seems to not be suspicious, but they were there. And they were also apparently members. And now they're dead? Mm Mm-hmm. With all the other people? Yep. Ah! Okay, the police are... Something's up. Mm Mm-hmm. So the next mass suicide took place on March 23rd, 1997. Five members of the Solar Church committed suicide and set the house on fire. Authorities arrived on scene to find five burned bodies in the home mm-hmm. and three teenagers who were 13, 14, and 16 in the shed behind the home. Dead? No. These wow. teenagers were heavily drugged and later found to be the children of one of the couples that died in the fire. Oh my god. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Yeah, and they were heavily drugged. Imagine living after that. I can't imagine. I can't. I, I literally can't, can't imagine. I could try all day and I couldn't imagine. It's fucked up. That is so fucked. Yeah. So this is where shit gets weird. Mm-hmm. The police did not investigate the scenes of these murders slash suicides well. They collected little evidence and left the scenes almost exactly how they were right after the fires for years. 
Really? And proof of this is the documentary I watched. They were like, oh yeah, so we decided to go to the site of the Swiss murder. They show up there. The homes are intact. There's no police tape. There's nothing like that. There are like shoes laying around, bags, videotapes. Anybody can come in and go mm-hmm. do whatever they want in this mm-hmm. place is essentially what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. There were videotapes. There was an electric typewriter that like you could get the files from. Like you could see what had been typed on there. They hadn't even touched it. Are you serious? It looked like all they had done was take the bodies out of there. And that's the that's case insane. for every one of these sites. That is insane. Mm-hmm. That's why people are like, what What is fuck? going on with the police mm-hmm. here? Someone tell me. Mm-hmm. And, like, they labeled every single one of these as suicide, even though some people were heavily drugged and shot nine Obviously times. Obviously not Or suicide. smothered. Yeah. Oh, my God. So they really fumbled the ball on that shit. So severely fumbled that I was over here being like, mm, how could the police be involved? And now I'm like, police, what the fuck are you covering yeah. up? At the very like, here's what I think. I think maybe... Covering up, I guess, not the right word. I don't know if they were involved or even covering up. I think maybe they were like, oh, this is just a fucking another Heaven's Gate. You know what they mean? Like, they were just kind of like, this is just another crazy cult that killed themselves. We don't need to look into this any further. I do see how police They were just trying to get onto the star serious. Why do we need to look into this at all? When they should have been looking into it because these people died. Yeah, and not everybody because they wanted to. And to the people who wanted to, good on you. Yeah. Like, that sucks. But if this is the the path that you wanted to take, who knows? Should, Maybe you're right. I hope you're at the Star Sirius right now. Same. But quite quite possibly, you were wrong. The other people were starting to realize it, and then they got forced to die because mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, that's really so fucked up. And like these people that died, they had families that yeah. like want closure. Like one of the ladies they interviewed on this documentary, they were like, she was like. My son was shot nine times in the chest and head. That's not a suicide. Not a suicide. You can't tell me that's a suicide. There's no fucking way. Mm -hmm. And then that one guy being like, oh, DeMambro called me in to try and fucking kill me. Literally fucking kill me. Yeah, and who knows, like, if there were already dead bodies in there that they had already killed. You know what I mean? With the fact that it was, one, locked, the shutters Mm -hmm. were drawn, and they had to get a locksmith to break them into there. Yeah. I'm sure that there were dead bodies in there. Yeah, 100%. And the whole point, they're probably blowing it up is to, like, cover their bases, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. This is a shocking story. It's crazy. crazy. And the Solar Temple also had a Spanish sect. The only Spanish member to die of suicide was a barber from Tenerife. And this was seen as a ritual suicide just like the others, but it wasn't a mass suicide. It seemed like it was, like, his own personal choice. Okay. He was kind of like, oh, I want to follow what the others did. Yeah. Right. Okay. And the Order of the Solar Temple is still active today, although less so than in the height of the church. Than in the what? The height of the church. So when the church was popping. Yeah. Now it's like, yeah, it still exists, but it's just like a much smaller thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And the weird thing about this is like, I don't even know if you could really call it a suicide cult. Because you look at like Heaven's Gate, their mm-hmm. whole goal was like, once we get enough people, we're heading out. Like, yeah, they were, like, yeah. upfront about that. Straight up. They were like, okay, you're in. Okay, we're also going to be in, dying. Yeah, if, this one was not like that. It was super, like, Freemasony, super, like, secrety. Mm-hmm. But n- at no time was D-Mambro like, oh, and we're also going to be fucking killing ourselves so we can go to the Star Sirius. You're right. It seemed like that kind of came because he was like, oh, this shit's crumbling and I'm not ready to crumble with it. Like with Jonestown. Literally, mm-hmm. with Jonestown, it was like the same thing. Like, at no point were they like, we're going to kill ourselves. But then at one point, he's like, haha, but would you kill yourselves if I asked? Yeah. 
Yeah, right? Time to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why I kind of, I'm not going to say I like Heaven's Gate, but at least with him, he was like, hey, so we're doing this. No Are you on here, board? bitches. Let's yeah. go. Matching outfits, the whole thing. Yeah. We're doing it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, not this guy. Still can't believe Heaven's Gate's website. I know, right? <laughs> Honestly. After this, we need to read through it because I want to know what it says. I would like to know. <laughs> but yeah, this one, very fucked up. And a lot of unanswered questions. Bolivar's had a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah. And what fucks me up is that you can go to that site in Switzerland. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Right now. And you could go grab videotapes. You could go grab women's shoes that the dead bodies were wearing. Oh my god. You could go and see all the shit. And no one's there to give a shit. Mm Mm-hmm. No one cleaned it up. No one gives a fuck. No one gives a single shit. (sighs) And that's what blows my mind. Here's the thing. If I were a crime scene cleanup tech. <laughs> you take care of that shit, bro. I'll take care of that shit so good. But also that's on the police to take the evidence, dude. Yeah, it literally is on the police they to take the evidence. They could have given at least. The fact that they didn't look into it. Yeah. Because it's just another one of them crazy cults. And worst case scenario, they get some videotapes. Oh, it's Canadian porno. Stash that in Spank Bank. Whoop. Move on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Don't move on too quickly. No. A. <laughs> oh, i'm sorry to our canadian uh, pretty listeners. funny though <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's all i got on the order to temper solaire <laughs> the solar temple right yes the solar temple dope yeah no that bitches. was interesting for sure it's crazy and you can actually look up some of their videos on youtube of some of their rituals really yeah but they were so about secrecy that they blurred all the faces in them but you can look well, it up. that makes sense. Yeah. I can, and I will, and you, yes. listeners, should. Yes, you should. It's get, super creepy. Get informed. Yep. <laughs> Do your own research. Yeah. Why are you even listening to this podcast? I mean, keep listening. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely so grateful for you guys listening. Yeah. And uh, stay tuned for our Halloween episode, which is Coming up next. next week. <laughs> Monday the 26th. I mean, I'm not going to say too much, but no. maybe check YouTube on Monday morning. Yeah, I was going to say, um, stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our social medias. Twitter at Crew Trime. Instagram at Crew Trime Podcast. Yep. YouTube at Crew Trime, a true crime podcast. Yep. And uh, remember not to join any cults. Maybe Please. join a cult. No! <laughs> what was this whole episode about? <laughs> Don't join a crazy cult. Okay. How All can you tell the crazy. difference? Have you guys <laughs> seen Midsommar? Go watch it. It's fucking insane. Fucking insane. Yeah. I mean, maybe join a harmless cult, though. You know? Which one is that? Get with your people. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, but if there is one. Find it. I'm not going to stop you. And that is it for this week, guys. So we love you so much. So very, very much. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.